0: I'm Megan Pitcock, and you're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm currently talking to Jared Frederick, co-author of the book Fierce Valor with Eric Dorr. The book is about Ronald Spears, a World War II soldier and later Korean War veteran, made famous by the popular book and show Band of Brothers. Could you tell me a bit about Spears and his life for some background information for our listeners?
1: Sure, and thank you for having me. Uh, Ronald Spears is one of the more mysterious figures discussed in the Stephen Ambrose book Band of Brothers, which was subsequently produced into an iconic HBO miniseries that came out over 20 years ago. And one reason why he is considered this rather enigmatic figure is that he was thought to be a, a cold calculative killer by some of his men, yet at the same time, he was capable of these paternalistic bonds, and men looked rather affectionately upon him, because he was a very capable commander. And despite all of the the controversy and mystery sometimes associated with him, Many of them came to the conclusion that there was no finer person to have next to you in a foxhole when you were in a combat situation. And so what my co-author, Eric Doerr, and I hope to achieve with this book, Fierce Valor, is to unpackage of the complexities and controversies that made Ronald Spears a unique figure in the realm of World War II combat leadership.
0: How did you go about sort of unpacking the rumors? Because I know, like, there were rumors that he, um, you talked about how he killed one of his sergeants and the surrounding that, and then um, how many people he killed. So, how did you go about distinguishing what uh, was the truth that you wanted to present in your book?
1: It's a great question. And really, what we had to begin with was a lot of the myth and innuendo. In the film, the the series tiptoes around some of these incidents and it's presented as hearsay it's presented as scuttle button rumor that is shared amongst the men and ultimately it's left up to the audience to decide whether or not Spears did or did not do these things. And so initially that is what we had to work with but to discover what the truth was, we really had to go back to the source material. We had to go and look extensively at primary sources and interviews, and we had to make connections with those people who were actually in his unit at a particular time, said that they saw these things, and were not merely just repeating a lot of the rumor that had been circling around the battalion up until that point. Uh, And so when you go right to the horse's mouth and you find these obscure interviews that have not been extensively used by many other authors, uh, that really became foundational for unpackaging uh, what he did or it did not do. And um, ultimately, we came to the conclusion that uh, many of the rumors were, in fact, true, that, in fact, he did do many of the things that he was accused of. But what we try to do is we try to contextualize it. Why was he forced to do the things that he did? It wasn't necessarily because he was a cold-blooded killer who had a mean streak. Uh, In some cases, it was self-defense. In other cases, it was caused by the contingencies and limitations of the combat zone. Uh, and so we, we really hope to put a, a human face and offer a degree of understanding uh, as to why he did the things that he did.
0: Yeah, I especially liked um, your the sort of uh, discussion around when one of his subordinates or one of his soldiers, went on a killing spree or shot one of the, one of his, um, one of the fellow soldiers. How do you think this sort of, like, th- the fact that he did take a different action with this person versus a previous person, how do you think this um, dichotomy, I guess, affected his later military uh, exploits and career?
1: Well, in regard to um, the one subordinate that he was compelled to shoot, uh, in, in this instance, it was an intoxicated sergeant who pulled a gun on him, uh, and so it was—it was, it was a purely an act of self-defense on his part. Uh, but Spears did very little to to quiet any rumor surrounding the circumstances, on the death of this subordinate. And I think to an extent, the reason why he kept silent about it is perhaps there was a degree of of guilt over it, and he didn't want to revisit it. But the other factor to think about is that he realized that the rumors about him often worked to his advantage, uh, because nobody was going to face off with him or challenge any of his orders if they thought there was this slight possibility that it could end in their own demise if they were insubordinate. And, and so our, our perspective, going from our research, is that it, he used that reputation to his advantage. And it worked well for him in the short term as a military officer, but it perhaps didn't work as well for him in the realm of historical memory and how his men remembered him decades onward, Uh, because many of them were led to believe from all of these stories that he had a mean streak, that there was a a degree of uh, of psychotic nature uh, within him. Uh, And so uh, people had very mixed views of him in the decades after. On one hand, they thought he was capable. On the other hand, some of them thought that he was, in fact, a cold-blooded killer. Uh, and so uh, that, that sums up his, his reputation in, as far as how his men perceived him.
0: Do you think that this reputation is part of the reason why he didn't go to reunions or you know keep in contact with some of these people as much as others?
1: I think that that is is certainly part of it. Uh, I I think the other thing that sets him apart from many of his men that he served with in World War II is that most of them went home after World War II, and they put the war behind them. They became family men. They moved on with their lives. Uh, But Spears served in an active duty capacity in the United States Army for another two decades. And he went on to fight in more wars. He saw more men die. He received more medals. And to an extent, all of these battles and conflicts became muddled together in his mind. And I think to an extent, he couldn't distinguish between one conflict and another about what he did or didn't do in, in, in them. Uh, And so I think his his prolonged time in the military, it took a toll on him from a personal standpoint. Uh, He went through five marriages throughout his life, four of which occurred when he was in the active duty military. Uh, And so it, it took a toll on his domestic life. And I think by the time of the late 1960s, early 1970s, when a lot of these veterans reunions were starting to happen, uh, he was eager to put that military life behind him. And I think that was a huge component as to why he did not readily socialize with any of his fellow veterans, even though many of them tried to encourage him to do so.
0: Uh, this is Megan Pidcock on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM, and I'm talking to uh, Jared Frederick, one of the authors of Fierce Valor, which has recently come out. Um, was there anything in your research that surprised you about um, Ron Spears or any of uh, his, the people surrounding him?
1: One of the things, well, in short, we were constantly being surprised Uh, We were surprised by the fact that he had five marriages, and and one thing that we tried to answer was why, because every family member and personal acquaintance that we were able to talk to and interview for this book all in all had very warm reflections of him. Uh, A family member said he was a kind and quiet individual uh the very few Easy Company veterans who were left that we had a chance to interview said that he was a very uh, a dependable and trustworthy superior. Um, and so we tried to reconcile those warm memories with the fact that he had five marriages. If you go through five marriages, there's a, a tendency to make an assumption that perhaps you know, that's not a good person uh, that has that many spouses. Um, but his... Uh, one of his grandsons, I I think, answered that question for us in a a very clear and concise way, and he said that Grandpa was married to the Army, that he was away for long stretches of time. He was not able to uh, meet the, the demands of married life while he was serving as a U.S. military officer, and so It gave us a very clear and, I think, fresh understanding on the tolls and the sacrifices of military service. You're not only putting your life and limb at risk, uh, but it it makes a huge impact on people who you leave behind at home. And I think that was one really unique perspective that we were able to gain out of researching Fierce Fowler.
0: Yeah, I really, the his descriptions of his marriages, especially um, how his first one ended and how that sort of uh, played into his second and sort of the domino effect were really, really interesting. Um, I didn't know most of it. Um, I was wondering, do you think that part of the reason why he was so uh, invested and sort of married to the military was because he was in it from... Uh, early on, or why, what do you think went into that?
1: Spears had a, a longstanding interest in military service. When he was a teenager, he was in the equivalent of what we would today call junior ROTC. Uh, he came from a, a school that heralded military heritage. I, I think he was imbued with it. Uh, growing up in Boston in the 1920s and the 1930s, um, uh, surprisingly, though, another uh, something else that that just caught us off guard uh, that that despite that mentality, he was actually drafted into military service in 1942. A lot of people think that this uh, gung ho guy. Uh, would be a, an eager volunteer that signed up right after Pearl Harbor, but that turned out not to be the case. But in any regard, I think once he got into the paratroops, he realized how good and how efficient he was at this job. And I think that is what compelled him to stay in the military when so many of his fellow officers went home at the end of the Second World War. Uh, And so he he had a gift for military service. He was a good battlefield tacticianer. uh, And later on in his career, he was just as um, efficient a bureaucrat as he was a battlefield leader. Uh, And it seemed that uh, whenever he had a job in uniform, he did it well. That didn't always equate, though, to success in civilian life. His his life outside of uniform, uh, and so I, I think that is the the good parallel perspective that we can get of this guy.
0: As you know, he moved from Scotland to America when he was about seven, uh, and was raised from then on in Boston. How do you think his past as an immigrant affected? Uh, his later career and life in general?
1: I think this could be said for a lot of service members who were in World War II. Uh, Many of them were immigrants and many of them were the children of immigrants. Uh, A lot of them were first and second generation Americans, whether they were Scottish like Ronald Spears or uh, Italian-Americans or Polish-Americans. Uh, like so many other people who were enlisting in military service. And I think it speaks to this sort of melting pot ideal that we as Americans pride ourselves on. Uh, there were many, many different components to the American military. And uh, ultimately, what comes out of that. Uh, Despite the fact that the U.S. military segregated during the Second World War from it, we have a a renewed and robust civil rights movement that emerges in the 1950s. And it's it's a new military that Spears will be part of once the Korean War comes around. And so um, Spears was involved in army service at this very profound and transitional time in american history uh and i can't help but think that his his life and his experiences as as an immigrant uh, didn't play into the changing perspectives of his life as an officer
0: okay so one last question what can we sort of take away from his life story especially for this uh deeper look into who he was in a way that um maybe hasn't been seen before?
1: I think that there's a lot that we can learn from people like Ronald Spears. I think we can come to the realization that uh, service comes at a cost. In the personal realm, the professional realm, and the psychological realm, uh, this was a man who went through horrendous things. He had to confront demons later in life accordingly. And something else I think that is valuable for us to think about, we often look back on the World War II generation with rose-tinted glasses, and we think of all of them as these innocent schoolboys who drink milkshakes, listen to Glenn Miller music, and are always writing letters home to Ma and Pa, something akin to a Norman Rockwell painting. But life was more complicated than that. Uh, we often think of them as the greatest generation, but in order to attain victory, some within the greatest generation had to do and confront and overcome horrendous things, uh, sometimes things that, that haunted them for the rest of their lives. And so I would encourage people and readers of Fierce power to take a step back, look at the, at the complexity that war has upon people, and to take accordingly a a fresh perspective on the Second World War as they think about people like Ronald Spears.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: This has been Jared Frederick talking about the book Fierce Valor, co-authored with Eric Dore, about World War II soldier and later Korean war veteran Ronald Spears, whom you may know from Band of Brothers. I'm Megan Pitcock and you're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.